All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slap me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a beardo. Si, senor. I would like the pollo ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. All right. Welcome to the latest edition of the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Shesko. Brian might sound a little different. He does. To those of you listening at home. He's distant. We all are actually are going to sound a little bit different than normal. We're doing this in a way that we've never done it before. This might not actually work. Everything that we're saying right now might not actually be audible to the public at large. This might be a miserable failure. But we're trying this because, unfortunately, one of us is under quarantine. But the pod must go on. Brian, why would you be under quarantine? I'll give it away right away. Why? Don't even... (laughs) <laughs> don't even give the don't even give the people at home a chance to guess. Well, fine. I mean, quarantine I mean, means one thing these days. Yeah, Brian, why are you quarantining? Well, I've been within six feet for more than ten minutes of someone who has tested positive for COVID nineteen, and so I will be in quarantine probably until sometime in the middle of November. <laughs> oh man, that doesn't even seem possible. Well, hopefully this pod works, because without this working, it's not going to be a pod for a couple of more weeks then. Well, listen, this is something that everyone is experiencing and dealing with worldwide. Brian, how are you feeling? Well, just to be certain, I today I took the test, so I'm awaiting test results officially. But um, myself, I am experiencing no symptoms other than intense seasonal allergies which gotcha. I don't think is a I don't think that's a, a covid symptom. It's not. If so, that's the case then you have covid every year. Right. Uh in that case then then I have been the best treatment has been Allegra D. <laughs> so just to confirm this was a covid test not a Kyle Walker test. Oh. Yes, this is a yes, this was an actual uh, JAMA uh, swab into my nasal cavity ah, uh, test and so that is what I I did today. Did it touch your brain? Did not. It didn't go in that far. Did it feel so like it? If anyone had a test where the swab touched their brain, I think you probably have a a, a lawsuit. That's fair. Let's move on to what we're here to do. We're going to talk about yeah, game what, week what six. Is this all, what is this? What is this all about? <laughs> he's been away one week and he's already forgotten. We're going to recap game week six and prepare you for game week seven in the Premier League. Game week seven starts again on Friday this coming week, so don't miss the chance to set your lineups before game week seven begins. But we're going to recap game week six first. Go through the dream team give you some segments that you know and love, but we're also going to center this episode 
around a game that I've created for tonight. Love this. A game that I like to call Should You Sell? Premium players who maybe aren't performing as well as you'd like them to, especially the ones in game week six who didn't perform like you would want them to, and there were a lot of them. Should you sell? We're going to talk about that tonight. So let's just get right on into it, shall we? Yeah, let's get to game week six. All right, we have to begin where the game week itself began. Patrick Bamford dropped three on Emiliano Martinez. Scott, you know what they say about the blind squirrel. Even the blind squirrel finds a nut. Patrick blind squirrel Bamford, is that your claim? No, Bamford is not a blind squirrel. Bamfords can score. But you won't see many times, and I could eat these words again, and I probably will, many teams dropping three goals on Emilio Martinez. Well, I have two thoughts about this. Okay. One hurts my heart. Yeah. One makes me happy. Sure. Gives me joy. Mm Mm-hmm. Gets me through the dark nights. Bamford got me through this first week. Bamford did, and that's what hurts my heart. I sent Bamford out last week. I brought in Harry Kane in that place. Felt really good about it. To a tune of negative (laughs) four? I hate you so much. Oh, ouch. Yeah, so every goal that went in on my goalkeeper, Emiliano Martinez, hurt my heart. And yet there's something. You are right, Dave. There's a superpower surrounding Emiliano Martinez on that pitch. Because even though he gave up three goals, he still scored three fantasy points. I'm telling you. Listen, he he is, and Brian, I'd like to hear you on this. For me, he is one, going to be one of the best goalkeepers maybe for the rest of the year. I think he's the best goalkeeper in the league. I'm talking about fantasy goalkeepers. Yeah, I mean, I I was extremely close, like a lot of people uh, were, was I'm sure this week. I mean, I wanted to, I had McCarthy playing against as my only viable goalkeeper playing against Everton. I was a click away uh, from a minus four to bring in Martinez in place of McCarthy, and that would have killed me this week. So uh, just out of an abundance of caution, I decided to stay with the goalkeeper I had it paid off but no I mean I I I really don't I I mean I don't see how he isn't because you have to say he's at least the quality of the goalkeepers that are five pounds Scott I think until until he gets to five pounds he's probably a bargain but once he gets there I think it probably might it could be it could turn more into it might be more matchup dependent at that point Makes sense. While he's not, while he's cheaper, he's still. I mean, I see. You know, I mean, he's still a great value. That's a charmed life, Brian Chesco leads. Scott, some. You know what? That's a lesson in patience. Patience. Hey, you know well, what I'm going to be doing this week? Hmm. Nothing. <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. All of my premium players, with the exception of the ones who wear Spurs kits, yeah, did nothing. So guess what I'm going to do? Just do nothing. Nothing. Wait, leave wait it alone. for the points to come back to you. Bamford's hat trick? Are you kidding me? No, I'm doing nothing. You think there's going to be another week in the Premier League this season where Salah, Bruno, Trent Alexander-Arnold don't do anything all in the same week? Probably not. Probably not. Look, I need, I'm going to go on public record right now. Patrick Bamford, I like your, your style. 
I like your play. I like your hustle. And I apologize wholeheartedly, Simpsons style, to you right now. <laughs> this is serious. That I did not include you in my hat trick list of players last week. Scott, you know what he did? After the game, he called me up and he said, you better apologize in the pod. You owe me an apology. You did not include me in your hat trick list. Pat Pat Bamford did that? Yeah. Blind Squirrel Bamford? Yep. Wow. Yep. Uh, How do look, so many people have your phone number? Look, I, we don't need to get into that. Okay. I have connections. And I'm, I'm kind of dialed into what's going on. So I'm just... Literally dialed in. Well done. Literally dialed in. I see what you did there. Just saying. That's kind of amazing. Hey, I feel pretty good about the fact that last week when you and I were arguing about how good Villa is, that I said Leeds would beat him. Mixed feelings as well, Pat is scoring every goal that he scores in this match. I wasn't denying that. Brian, you... How was I'm just saying I made a prediction. I made a prediction and it worked. No, it, it was good. Excellent. Brian... What would have your, been your prediction going into the Villa Leeds game? Yeah, he's going to say 3 0 Leeds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought it was obvious going into it that Leeds was going to crush them. No, I, no I, I, I don't think anyone expected Villa to get beat by a hat trick from anyone. So, I mean, there's no way that this was a foreseen outcome, especially given the number of transfers in of Grealish or. Of, I almost said Charles Barkley. Oh my gosh, uh, <laughs> that would have been Ross, something. <laughs> Ross Barkley and uh, and Martinez. Uh, I went, you know, I I I went with Ollie Watkins as my as a forward option. I, like I don't think you're you're not. I don't think you're bailing on anyone from from Villa just given their schedule until Christmas ish. So I don't th- I don't think there's any concern there. I just. Patrick Bamford took nine shots in this match. He has 23 total shots for the season. I mean, you guys can do the math on that. I just don't think anyone saw this kind of volume. It's like, uh, I mean, the, the leads that was there the first two weeks kind of disappeared in weeks, you know, in weeks three and four. And then, you know, even last week, I don't, I mean, it's not like they've been prolific since, you know, having seven goals, you know, in each of their first two matches. So, yeah, I, I just feel like this was kind of a, I don't know, maybe not a, I, I just don't know how, like, they've been too up and down. I mean, yeah, you love the price of Bamford. You love that he's taken a ton of shots. But I just, I feel like this was kind of, I don't know, not out of nowhere, but it was a lot for it, them to get this kind of result. It's way too early to be a table watcher. But who would have thought after game week six when these two teams play, we're talking about third place Aston Villa and sixth place Leeds. It's kind of incredible. It's crazy. Let's move into Saturday. West- hey, wait, one more thing. Yes, I was hoping you would do that, Brian. Well, no, I just that with the injury to uh, Calvin Phillips, I think that's the guy. Yeah, so relevant. Leeds. Good. Well, no, just the, with his injury, uh, the the replacement was Pascal. Strauch, I wish we could do a full how to say for him. We might still have to. Yeah, but seriously. he's every, everyone was uh, everyone. It's it looks like Stroik, S T R U I J K. But everyone was kind of jumping on him in the middle of the week because he was named the replacement. 
like midweek. And so a 4-0 defender was named as a, a midfield replacement player. Uh, he gets in there and lasts all of 20 minutes. If you guys watched, if you watched it, basically he came out and struggled every second of 20 minutes that he was on the pitch and was replaced at, at the 20 minute mark. Hey Scott. So Bielsa, Brian Bielsa, that well, dude is a man. Wonder why? Because well, he's he is not scared to make a substitution at the 20 minute mark in a game oh, against was, Aston Villa. What I was going to say is like Scott, this is like the this is like your dream is that they have an injury that they say the guy's going to be out for weeks with because it was a shoulder dislocation and he and Bielsa comes out in the middle of the week and says, "Oh no, he has a replacement. It will be Pascal Strauch." Like and then he comes in so right away you knew you, like it's a definitive statement of a player to come in to replace the injured player. It sucks that he comes out and plays 20 minutes, but I think he still has a spot and he'll have a spot for weeks, I suppose, uh, as long as he shows a little bit more, I don't know, endeavor than he did and doesn't get a yellow card within 10 minutes of stepping on the field next time. But anyway, I just wanted to point out you have a 4-0 defender who's playing in the midfield, presumably for a while for Leeds. Okay, well, that's good. Um Listen, though, that's not even the worst of the injury news. Premier League managers have wisened up to the ability they have to completely F with FPL. <laughs> is that right? You know this is true. Uh, we'll get to Everton a little true. bit later. And the tens of thousands of people who transferred out a certain James Rodriguez who ended up starting for this match. Not we'll this get there. Guy. Hey, let me ask you a question. I just said I was going to do nothing. What if I took a negative four? Already? Let's listen. Ten minutes into the pod and you're already changing your mind? What if I like this? (laughs) I like this new I like this new aggressive Scott. (laughs) Who is this guy, Brian? I mean, I've done so here's the thing. My squad has significantly underperformed all season long, and I've only done as well as I've done because of captain's choices. Now, my captain's pick, uh, Mo Salah, did not work out this past game week, so my squad continue to underperform and it was an all-around terrible week i don't want to talk about fpl tonight because i i have a i've had a horrible week but listen what if i do taa and Rianne brewster out okay for ben chilwell and bring back in patrick bamford brian there's nothing wrong with that at all well wait so wait you want to get to brewster once you get to sheffield because i'm curious to i'm curious to get your your brewster opinion now after several matches of him a couple matches he is hold on hold on we're not there yet let's finish all right villa and leeds i I don't i like look i mean but i'd like to make this move right now Unless you guys have, unless you've changed, Dave, have you changed your opinion about anyone from Aston Villa? Do you see this as like a sign of like starting to already starting to fade, or is this a, is this just a blip? No, I don't think this is a fade at all. They, this game was so action packed. Both sides, it, arguably, Scott could have been the best game of the weekend. Both sides could have have scored multiple times way before the goals actually happened. I think that says more about how boring this game week was than how and great this match was fair enough but i mean Gre- jack grealish gets cleared off the line yes. or you know we're talking about or, i mean that was just a great defensive effort on luke ailing's part yeah it was incredible uh i mean 
Ollie Watkins is a hair from scoring, even if it's a consolation goal at the end. I mean, you had there were chances here for Villa points. Uh, Ross Barkley's the guy. I mean, everybody's been like going so bonkers for him. Something we haven't talked about, and I'm curious to see how this kind of keeps playing out. He had only taken he had taken eight shots before this match. Only three of them were outside the box. I feel like Ross Barkley, I feel like we just know him for doing stuff only outside the box. And he had kind of not done that to start this season. Well, this match, he kind of, let's you know, both of his shots were outside the box in this match. You know, I just, everyone, like, he's kind of the, he's the, couldn't be a trendier pick than Ross Barkley, but Jack Grealish, and I still like John McGinn, I think more, but. Yeah, I mean, I just don't, I, to me, I just don't see how a schedule as good as theirs is coming up. I, I just feel like you have to, you know, like I've been saying, I've been writing it every, you know, the last two weeks. It's not, it's not whether you own him, it's which one or which ones. Brian, where have you been writing that? In FPL America, the article, you should check it out. It's been pretty consistent. I feel, I feel really good about this season so far. It, it's been useful information in there for the most part. I love it. Check it out. So it's not complete trash. Just a little bit of trash. No, but if it if it sucks, I need you to tell me. Sure. I, I absolutely would before I hit publish. Okay. Uh, and you've got people reading it, man. I'm getting responses on social media. I haven't had a chance to tell you that. Oh, excellent. That's really good to hear. Absolutely. Right, can we go on to the next match now? All right, next match. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Jack Harrison. Jack Harrison is a really good player. I like him a lot. Real life good. Real life good. Real life Love good. Hey, real life. I'm not sure not I missed Brian by. last week. This is uh, perfect. West Ham won. City won. Started Saturday. Kind of a surprise. Dude, there isn't a team in the league that is more curious to me than West Ham United. Really? Not I Manchester you were City? Say, yeah, I was going to say, I thought you were about to for easily was going to say Manchester City. Shows how much you guys know about me. Hmm. I, you just don't know what you're going to get from them. No, it's true. And I don't know. Maybe it's me. Arsenal beat them two to one. Then they they stomped Wolves. They stomped Leicester. They were down three zero to Tottenham, and had the miracle comeback. And then they come draw City. Maybe actually looking back at the results. Everything looks perfectly great. Maybe you it's know me. One thing that, you know one thing they did that has been a huge difference for them? Tell me. So for two years, it's like they went back and forth trying to figure out how to play or who to play between Aaron Cresswell and Arthur Masuaku. Okay. They've been playing three at the back with Aaron Cresswell as the third center the left center back the trippier with Masuaku with Masuaku playing which was which is where Aaron Cresswell started apparently whenever he first got to West Ham it's a better position for him and then Masuaku is playing as you know either however you look at it as the you know and the left wing back okay. so they're playing on the same side together now and Masuaku's pace is really helping uh, Aaron Cresswell be able to play the rest of the field and he doesn't have to do as much. So they're not relying on Aaron Cresswell having to be fast or slow. 
they're just getting to be they're, they're getting his defense and then he's out there for free kicks wow it's working it's working unbelievably well and defensively you can see it it's really really good for them scott the results are saying i mean West they've gone through we think. yeah they've gone through the murder part of their schedule they've gotten eight points from these first six matches with i think you take oh, you no would have taken that at the beginning of the season City, on the other hand, are behind West Ham in the table on goal difference. Eight points through five matches. Before we get to City, you, let's just you let's gave talk me about the, West Ham. You gave me the stop sign, so I'm let's stopping. Just, let's, let's, there's a lot to talk about City. Let's just let's finish West Ham real quick. Brian, would you own Masuaku or Cresswell? After they play Liverpool, absolutely. I would. I, I mean, a lot of people, uh, Cresswell's price went down and then back up again. So I don't know how you can avoid looking at someone from the West Ham defense after Liverpool. They're they're after they get through, like because now they're through. This is it. Next week is the end of that like murder run that they had to start the season. After after next week, it's over, and so they get into that really uh, a much fresher patch of matches after that. So yeah, definitely. Jared Bowen interest either of you? Always. is the one that, you know, to me, I mean, he was amazing in this match again. You know, he's sick, even with a, even with a, a goal conceded, he had six saves and shared all three bonus points with, with uh, Sufal and Antonio. Wow. That's a lot of bonus points hanging out. Brian's starting to sound like a West Ham blogger right now. Uh, I am. I'm back on the West. I'm back on the West Ham bandwagon. <laughs> West Ham is one of his teams. Hey, no, listen. Uh, when business is good, jump on the bat. Jump on that bandwagon, man. I made that point la- yeah, uh, two weeks ago. And t- the thing that is going to be tough for them is how many more matches can Mikhail Antonio's hamstrings take? Yeah. I mean, like this is two weeks in a row where he <laughs> subbed off early. He subbed off even earlier this week. And now that and now it's we're at hamstring scan, mm. so they don't have a replacement for him. Sebastian Allaire is not the answer, and there is no one that can do what Mikel Antonio no. does for them. No, I agree completely. All right, Scott City. Where do you want to start? Phil Foden scores you the goal here. We talked about him last week, Dave, on the show you and I did. He continues to be the best fantasy option. Brian, to me, Foden looked. When he came on, really, really sharp. Yeah, Foden, uh, yeah, he gets the goal. I mean... Oh, yeah, by I, the way, he came on yeah. at halftime in this match, too. Yeah, and he come, he came on and did really well. I mean, I I just don't think there's a lot going on for Manchester City at all. And I, and I just can't tell if they're just all... Are they just all tired? I, I mean, I really don't know what else to say. Like, even when... It, I would say, like, you could point to it and say, well, you know, KDB's not out there. Uh, you know, he's still getting back up to speed. But even when he's been out there, it's not like they've been invincible. It's like they're, I feel like a 1-1 result is like every match for them now. Yeah, I currently own no city assets. I own Sterling. And... Dave, how, look, I mean, if We'll it's talk not about him and un- should you sell later on. Go ahead, Brian. It's not. I mean, look, how, I mean, he's he has a one-on-one, and it takes an unbelievable Fabianski save to keep him out. I, Raheem Sterling is just is always going to get his at some point. Yeah, Scott. So, I feel like 
especially for Brian, the last couple of years, Brian, you can absolutely attest to this. When you've made your runs at the end of the season, it always seems to be on the shoulders of Sterling. Or Sergio Aguero, right? It's a Sterling triple captain that Brian does and no one else does. (laughs) And then he gets a hat trick and just smokes everybody. It's valid. No, he's been a big difference. And there's there's been a point in the last two years where he's he was a, a huge differential and he he is mostly that right now i mean there are a few of those guys that are just you know how big of a hitter they are and they're hovering around five or six percent selected brian you know where sterling is yeah i would imagine like around six seven point four Oh, he's oh, he's got, he went up that's right his price went up too marcus rashford is like that i would not I mean, have thought just, that he would have been that his ownership would have been that low. That's shocking for me. Pretty crazy. Hey, I'll give you a sign of City's issues by leading into Scott's stat of the day. Okay. And now it's time for Scott's stat of the day. Scott's stat of the day is the number 10. The number 10, Scott, is the number of knots that David Moyes puts in his shoelaces. That's a superstition. Interesting. Hey, this was a big result for him to get on the touchline. His club hasn't performed well for him on the touchline. This is the biggest result of the season for him. He was uh, looking excited on the sidelines. A little relieved. And maybe. Brian, number 10. 10 is the number of, Dave, you're going to love this. It's the number of super spreader COVID parties that uh, Manchester City players have been responsible for since the start of this season. <laughs> uh, I love the word super spreader. I, mean, I, I don't love, love what it means. Super spreader party. No, Ryan, I don't. is that where you I were? Don't. Were you at one of Manchester City's super spreader parties? <laughs> I was invited and I turned it down. Oh, you guys are so connected. I'm really impressed. So no, we, we we don't mean to drop names. Just saying. I'm just little old me over here. No, the number 10 is how many defenders for Manchester City have scored points in FPL already this season. Wow. That's typically not a very good sign for your team when you're playing that many defenders over the course of five matches. Look, let's give City a little slack. Fernandinho, Mendy... Odomendi, Aguero, Jesus, Debrauna. They've had a lot of injuries. Yeah, they have. Now, they haven't lost their, you know, their Virgil for the season. Not trying to rub that in at all. I'm who's, just who's saying their, who's their Virgil? I'm just saying, like, well, I mean, some might consider Aguero or Debrauna. I'm just saying they're not gone for the season. That's all I'm saying. Debrauna's the closest thing to that. Aguero, nah. Aguero gets hurt all the time. They've dealt with Aguero's injuries. Now, having Jesus out at the same time is an issue. Sterling is just not in his natural position when he's filling in for both of them. Right. And Aguero went out in this match again. Yeah. He's out now for who knows how long. November 21st. Yeah. Fake news. If you could trust anything that we read. Anything about injuries is fake news. Okay, fair enough. Hey, one guy who is not injured, but he's doing everything to hurt as many other people as he can, is Ilkay Gundogan. Now, maybe it's just me. It is like October 26th as we're recording this. So it's the spirit of Halloween. It's the spooky season, right? Mm, spooky, Ilkay, Ilkay Gundogan might be a ghost. In the midweek, 
He stomps on a goalkeeper's leg, and nothing happens. In this match against West Ham, he pulls back on, I remember who it is, but he pulls back hard on somebody to stop a counterattack. No card. Mm. Moyes loses his mind. Of course he does. And I'm sitting here thinking, Ilkay Gundogan must be a ghost. No, No one's seeing it, right? Yeah, and neither match had VAR, right? You did know what his middle name is. Ilkai the Ghost Gundawan. Casper. Casper Gundawan. I like it. All right. Brian, what are your thoughts on that? I like the I like the name Casper as a middle name better than as a first name now that you say it like that. Sure. Good. Fulham 1, Crystal Palace 2. We're just going to keep rolling right on through as the matches happened on Saturday. Wilfried Zaha was the big news coming out of this match. He makes the dream team for the game uh, for the game week. Excuse me, thirteen points in the midfield. Riedewald had nine thanks to his goal as well. I just want to say uh, I was wrong about Crystal Palace. I've already said this. I was dead wrong about Wilfred Zaha. I could not have been more wrong about what I expected from him this season. I mean, as they said, like he's now, this is returns in four of the first six matches for him. This is the best start to his season, to a best start to a season for him ever. Uh, the thing that I, I, and this will be in the, I'm sure it will be in the, in the article this week is just that Zaha started the way he was last season where, you know, I even referred to him and Vardy kind of as low volume superstars. Like they just needed, they just need the one chance. They don't need a ton, but he's in the top ten. For he's in the top ten in shots. He's the he has fifteen shots this season, which is the ninth. It's the ninth highest total of all players in the Premier League. It's the he has not fifteen. It, it's the third most for all for midfielders. So like. He has seven shots on target, which is the third most of all midfielders. Like he's, like, it's such a different guy, and I I don't know what it is. I it's the weirdest thing. Ever this was supposed to be all bad for them this season, and it's not. Like the defense, like Palace's defense is holding up. Uh, Andrews Townsend is awesome. Yeah, but but that's another like real life guy comparing, you know, we talked about him weeks ago being a, a fantasy option, but Andros is playing out of his mind. No, they look great. It, you know what it could be? It could be Batshuayi, a viable, like a guy who's not a, a complete idiot kicking <laughs> as a striker. Two fives in a row. Hey, Batshuayi. Yeah. Two, yeah, two fives I mean, in a row in fantasy. Are you thinking about it? Not at all. Hey, right. His price is 5.8. Definitely not thinking about it. I want to know what both of you live right now think about this. I could go from Zaha to Jorginho with leaving a tenth of a pound dollar in the bank. Wait, you would transfer out Jorginho? Jorginho out, Zaha in. Jorginho out, Zaha in. No, no. You don't think the... Really? If anyone other than Martin Atkinson... Is refereeing United Chelsea. Jorginho gets a penalty kick in this match, and you're happy about Jorginho getting another penalty kick goal in your squad. Fair enough. And and here's the other thing: I'm not unhappy with Jorginho. You shouldn't be. But no, if Zaha's I can bring not going to be consistent in, enough. 
He is so emotional and not consistent. Stick with the lower-priced Jorginho. You're going to get all the penalty goals that Chelsea can provide you. You're going to be happier with Jorginho. Scott, I think this is a a new Zaha we're seeing. Brian, would you agree? I mean, I don't know how else to say it. He's got he's got returns in four of six matches. The other thing for for uh, the other thing for Palace is that their schedule also is starting to look good. Uh, this week is not particularly good um, playing at Wolves, but then it's Leeds, Burnley, Newcastle, West Brom after that. So you'd say four four useful matches in a row, maybe even five, because Wolves haven't exactly been uh, setting the world on fire either. But I, I mean, it's, that's why I'm saying I just don't, I, I can't believe this Zaha is showing up week in and week out for the first six weeks of the season. It wasn't supposed to be this way. Scott, you think this is a farce? For Zaha? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think this is real. I think that, but I think if you're comparing him to Jorginho, what you're able to get for two full pounds plus less, you stick with Jorginho. Jorginho got, had a 12 and a 15. His other games are 0 0 5 3. He's my lowest priced midfielder. I'm not expecting a whole lot from him. And what I'm saying is if I could roll a midfield out there of Zaha, Sterling, Rashford, Son, and Rodriguez, it's, it's a good, good. midfield. It's but good I'm midfield. saying, too, you can spend that money somewhere else because Jorginho, he got three points in this match against United. That three becomes a nine if Martin Atkinson has any courage whatsoever. And he just doesn't. It's fair. Should we talk about that match? Yeah, there's. No, I don't think there's really anything else. Fulham, I mean... If the only thing there is to say about Fulham is that Adamola Lookman is a man is very is very good. Yep, he's doing kind of exactly what you would hope. I mean, this is he and Lookman and Al, and Mitrovic had eleven shots. I mean, that's ridiculous. Alexander Mitrovic is second in the Premier League in shots. Adamola Lookman has taken nine shots since he came in in week four. Only Rashford, Mares. Uh, Ross Barkley and Mo Salah have more for midfielders than he does since week four. So Adamola Lookman is, he is just sharp and he is changing. Like Ruben Loftus-Cheek has been a little bit like disappointing since he came in. Yeah. But he is, it it is a help for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Losing Kamara to a red card. I don't know that that matters to them at all. Right. But no, Lookman is really good, and and this week they play West Brom. I mean, that's why. I mean, I just six pointer. Now listen, it could happen. Fulham, Fulham is going to have a stretch of like four matches where they're going to get some results. I'm not saying they're going to avoid relegation, but they're going to have about four matches in a row here where they're going to get some results, and we're going to think even more seriously about them. It's going to happen. They've got too much talent not to. Can I tell you that what I was thinking about while this match was going on, and then this will be our last thought on this match. Sure, Scott. Yeah. This match was played at Craven Cottage, uh, Fulham's home. Okay. There were leaves all over the pitch. And it was weird to see leaves on a windy day spread out over an entire Premier League pitch. But it was also kind of nice because it felt a little more I don't seasonal. Know. Well, yeah, but also just Out- like outdoorsy. 
homey, like small clubby. What I don't know what I'm looking for here, but there was something about it that just said like, "Hey, I could go play on that pitch." Mm. Because there's all this debris all over it. Uh, but hey, no, really. Hey, Brian, I could play on this pitch. But when we go play at like... the... Well, when we right. go play at the park, like that's what the park looks like. Sure. It looks leaves from um... the trees blowing all over the place. It was just nice. When my kids when my kids saw it, they said, oh, is that garbage? <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, I think it's leaves. Yeah, <laughs> it was. <laughs> All right, let's 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 move on to the biggest disappointment of game week six. United nil, Chelsea nil. Uh, I saw after Saturday's matches, the highest score in FPL has like three United defenders. This was the one week where that was a really good idea. But in this match, it was all about what wasn't called or what didn't happen. Maguire's headlock. We've alluded to this already. Maguire's headlock on Cesar's Piliqueta on a set piece. Yeah, that was ridiculous. There are some side-by-sides that we have in our Slack workspace, too. By the way, if you become a supporter of our podcast, a financial supporter through our micro-donation approach to this season, you can join our Slack workspace. Uh, one of the things that Brother Matt posted was the side-by-side of Fabinho's tackle that was called a penalty, and then Maguire's headlock that was not. And I can tell you there's two words why Maguire's uh, headlock was not called a penalty. It's Martin Atkinson. That guy doesn't call anything when it comes to physical contact. It's consistent at this point. When he's refereeing a match, don't expect a close call to be given any kind of penalty. It's not going to happen. Harry Maguire gets away with it. And here's a nil-nil result as a result. And your Dave, silence you def- is Dave, you wanna- agreement. No, I'm, wa- I'm waiting for Dave to defend it. No. Scott, you know me. I love a bone-crunching, uh, elbow-throwing-to-the-ribs type of a game. The Maguire headlock on Cesar David as Pelicueta, uh was ridiculous. That's insanity. How VAR doesn't step in and say, hey, Martin, you need to go look at that, or hey, this is a penalty, is beyond me. But let me tell you, that was absolutely, unequivocally horrible, horrendous call. Non-call. For Atkinson and for VAR. I yeah. just... Everything, everything was bad about that. Do you know? Do you know what VAR did again this past weekend? They did that thing that we hate, which was they reverted back to supporting the referee on the pitch instead of not, making the right not call. Not just saying like, "Hey, go look at it." Correct. It was a, how many times? And I know the answer to this because I totally binge watched the entire game week today. Nice. How many times did a referee go to the pitch side monitor this zero. past weekend? I know the answer at zero. It's terrible. And you know what happened this past weekend? A, a lot of, of bad calls were made. There were a few. I felt like that was mostly on the. I mean, I felt like some of those red cards required a second look. Nothing important that, you know, that wasn't called. Yeah. I guarantee you. And and Frank Lampard had this right. He said, if the referee is encouraged by the VAR to go to the pitch side monitor and look at this, he's going to call that a penalty. But that didn't happen. So he blamed VAR, and he's right to do so. But also, he said something that was wrong. It was false. 
he he told a little bit of a fib, or maybe he just doesn't understand the rules. It's possible. He said, holding is legal, headlocks are illegal. And holding is explicitly illegal in the laws, just so everyone knows. Obviously, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. (laughs) You don't don't want to push the rules too far, because you need your guys to be able to hold at some point, Scott. (laughs) He's right. I mean, Harry Maguire would not be a Premier League defender if he could not hold like offensive players. How has he gotten so bad? Like, I feel like he used to be a decent center back. It's the same thing as everyone else. He's this guy who was good on Leicester, but the expectations were a lot lower. Now he's the most expensive defender on a world-class club, at least they still think so, Manchester United. The stakes are much higher. That's a Liverpool dig there. Yes, it is. The pressure is much higher, and he's not good enough for that. He is good enough to be Leicester's number one. He is not good enough to be Manchester United's number one. And unfortunately, they had to spend a whole lot of money to find that out. He's still the same Harry Maguire with maybe a half-step loss on his speed. And unfortunately, that's enough to expose him nearly every single match. I can promise you, as an Arsenal fan, I wish Harry Maguire would have been on that field instead of Fofana, the 19-year-old rookie. When Arsenal played Leicester, we'll get to that match. Jeez. Um, there were two Chelsea defenders who made the dream team. Kurt Zuma with nine fantasy points. And your boy, Brian, Reese James, gets the start. Eight fantasy points. In your face, Scott. I mean, yeah, it's man, one match. Yeah, because he's really good, and he deserves to play, and it's ridiculous that he's not. And the, and this is the first time that they decided to try the back three, mm-hmm. and they had Mendy. Yeah, so, and Reese James was in a wingback position, and he did really yeah, well. Was, he was Chelsea's best player. Yeah, I mean, he, he finishes with two bonus points in the match. Uh, he outscores Chilwell, and they were both awesome. I mean, it, this, is, yep. like, this is exactly uh, Christian Pulisic was really good in the match ever like true it's just this it nil nil is wrong i mean it's just a completely wrong it's the wrong score it i mean even i mean marcus rashford was ridiculously unlucky in this match to not end with something. well you know like, what i'm just gonna go, i'm just gonna pile on martin atkinson if he has the guts to call a penalty here and Jorginho scores a goal this is a totally mm. different match wow. right yeah for sure but he doesn't have it yeah he is a ballless Martin Atkinson. Let's just be honest. Hey, by the way, to your point about Ben Chilwell, Brian, here's exactly why I would want to go from Trent Alexander-Arnold to Ben Chilwell. Despite playing just half of Chelsea's six Premier League games this season, Ben Chilwell has created more chances than any other player for Chelsea in the league. Nine. Wow. That's from the BBC and other outlets. Ben Chilwell creates chances. When you create chances, you score fantasy points. Sounds like, Scott, yeah. you just supported XG. It does, but more like XA, really. And or XA. Yeah. Brian, didn't you hear that? Yeah, I think he probably had seven of those chances created in the in the match against Crystal Palace. But still, I mean, it's a it's a good total. And no, he like the only concern with him is whether or not his foot injury is going to pop back up again. Because it already has once. No like injury is no... real except for Virgil's so far this season. Let's just be honest. Right. Oh, Brown is back. Allison's back. Chilwell's back. James Rodriguez is back. No one's actually hurt. It's all head games. Hamas never missed a game. I know. 
Sun never missed a game. I'm so mad that you brought Sun up. But he's in my lineup, and I got his 11 points. We'll get there here eventually. Anything else on this match before we go on to Liverpool? Good. Liverpool Uh, 2. Hold on, hold on. Oh, I heard that. I heard that. There's a slight delay there. Just got to give him a chance. Christian Pulisic played 81 minutes. He had Chelsea's only attempt on target. That's embarrassing. And took more shots than any other Chelsea player. Three fantasy points. He had more touches in the box than... Timo Werner and Kai Havertz combined. We'll talk about Timo so, Werner. Christian Pulisic has six fantasy points in three matches. Right, because he's he's still getting up to speed. I mean, I'm just saying this is positive, and like this match turned in. I mean, it not only was it a sloppy mess, but you know, like I said, I mean, it's not nil nil. Shouldn't have been the final. So you just wonder how the match plays on if. United's pushing a little harder, and Pulisic can exploit a little bit more in the back. So, now I I just want to point out that Christian Pulisic is very close, and this is this is the Chelsea lineup. I think everyone really wants to see. They're they're getting close to the ideal Chelsea. So everybody wants to make their transfers according to form, but Brian, you're saying if you want to take a bigger risk. A bigger chance at this point. You think Christian Pulisic would be a good one to take right now? Based on what he did in Project Restart, everyone saw like, and the the fact that they they gave his price wrong and and made everybody salivate for a little bit. They said he was eight pounds when they first released his price, and then said, "Oh, actually, it's eight point five. Yeah, he's down from that. So he's even less than he started as. I, like, I just don't see how Christian Pulisic doesn't, like, at some point become a, a must-have. He's already done Very it good. twice. Dave, so, Dave, I did the math on what we were discussing earlier, by the way. So before we leave this match, Jorginho, based on their current prices, currently has a slightly higher points per pound than Wilfried Zaha. It's in the hundreds, I think. Yep, and if Martin Atkinson's not the ref, yeah, you get the point. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, wait, I can't believe you're not advocating for a Jorginho, like uh, uh, the a Luca rule here on Jorginho. Oh, making Jorginho your fifth, your fifth midfielder, putting him in the first spot in the bench every single week. Yep, and just and just waiting for someone not to play. Yeah, <laughs> I could almost do that. So check out. Jorginho in I just keep having like all of my premium players have needed to be transferred out so there's my money there's my negative fours I haven't gotten to Socek yet but you're right wild card uh holders like use use that to bring Jorginho in the Jorginho rule heretofore renamed it's looking it's looking viable and it should have been invoked in this match Liverpool 2, Sheffield 1. It was literally a replay of last week with Liverpool and VAR, but they were able to overcome it because Sheffield... Oh, man, they are not good. I mean, people keep talking... I keep seeing all these pundits, NBC and other outlets, saying Sheffield's getting better, slowly getting better. They're really not. They were all defense here, and the only reason why they got a goal was because of that really close call that ended up becoming a penalty opportunity for Oliver McBurney. 
Scott, who said before the year that Sheffield was going to get relegated? I think you said relegation. I said, I think I said 17th place. I was mocked a little bit. <laughs> Currently, they're in the relegation spots. Just saying. And by the way, it wasn't McBurney who uh, got the penalty. It was Berga, just to be clear. I think yeah, I, a, I, think I real quick, hold on, Brian. Sorry. Yeah. I think I also said Burnley. I said I thought Burnley was going to get relegated. Well, tell me who's going to score some fantasy points next week because you've got the magic touch. Just saying Burnley and Sheffield, Fulham. I think those are my three to get relegated. <laughs> I think wow. Burnley's going to get better. They've got some injuries as well that are going to come back. They're going to Burnley their way into 15th this year. But, uh, yeah, they're not great. West Brom. Don't forget about West Brom. I know. They're bad, too. Maybe four teams get relegated this Can year. I just tell you that this season, like most seasons, but especially this season, is the perfect case. And I get that Project Big Picture went nowhere, and it was mostly uh, just seen as very negative as it was reported. But this season is as good a case as any for reducing the clubs in the Premier League to 18. I'm okay with 20. Name a season where we don't have at least two clubs that probably don't belong in the Premier League. It feels like it by the end of the season, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, it, that usually one. There's usually one that's really bad, and there's others that are fighting for spots. How many West Brom and Fulham matches do you embrace the opportunity to see? Not many. Mm -hmm. But thankfully, they only play twice a year. Each other. I meant any West Brom. Did you enjoy Brighton West Brom today? I uh, did not oh, watch. That was, yeah, that was awful. Point taken. I kept hitting hey, the thirty-second um, fast-forward button through it just to make sure I didn't miss anything major. Scott, you're not buying uh, Joda. Uh for fantasy, no. He's going to turn out to be a really important asset, though, for Liverpool. I was going to say you have to love that that they were able to bring in Joda like this. Yeah, I mean, he played behind the front three. Was okay. When I saw the lineup, I was confused. Was Firmino, Mane, Salah playing in their normal positions and Jota was playing in the number 10? Let's be clear. Uh, Firmino doesn't really have a position. He floats. I don't know why you play him. He scored in this match, but I, I don't know what he uh, Firmino is one of the most important players on Liverpool. He connects so many different players in so many different plays. He does the unseen things. When Firmino's not out there, they're not the same Liverpool, and you can't figure out why, and it's always because Firmino's not out there doing the invisible things that he does. Maybe. Jota was playing behind them and had the opportunity to uh, put in the lake hole. I can't see the invisible things, but <laughs> when I see a front line of Salah through the middle, Mane, and Jota, that seems like that's a better starting lineup than Salah, Firmino, and Mane. Well, and let's be clear. I mean, Firmino sometimes will play back enough to where it kind of seems like what you just described is the front three. So I would rather have then Thiago and then Henderson and Fabinho or whoever in front of the defense, and then Firmino can ride Pine. No. I, you I have to have Firmino out there. I can't believe you're ready to kick their motor out of the team, Dave. Firmino glues it all together. Ryan, he's invisible. Scott told me. He's the invisible no, guy. It, 
Yeah, but you need him. He's doing the things you don't see. That's the thing. He's not just out there. If I can't see it, Scott, I don't. I don't. Oh need man! It. All right. You know what? We'll just <laughs> let Klopp do his thing, and we'll do our thing. Okay. All right. For fantasy well. purposes, Firmino, sure. Five two, five two nine. Some seasons that's good enough to own. This year, no. There's enough other forward options. You're gonna go with someone else. That's perfectly sure. fine. Mo Salah was a hair's breadth offside away from giving you a return in this match. Mane did give you something, eight fantasy points, so he closed the gap on Mo Salah just a little bit. As long as as long as there's a price disparity between those two, the temptation is going to be strong. What temptation? Saying the temptation, the fact that Mo Salah is still significantly he's back up. He's he's twelve he's two, right? Four tenths. He's, he's almost a half. He's, he's almost four. a half pound more. He's 12-4 and, and Mane is 12-0. Got it. Week one, Salah outscores him because he kicks penalties. Against Villa, he scores two goals and Mane's not even on the field. Every other match, Mane has outscored him except the one where it was like 7-6. to six. So Mane, this is not different. Mane is capable and probably will outscore Salah a lot. It's I'm just saying that when they're the same price, that it matters. Where you just say, "All right, I'm taking Salah." If they're a big price difference, it's gonna matter. And I think if you were picking, if you just had to pick one, especially now when how much more is James Milner gonna factor in to what Liverpool is doing now that there's defensive issues? Not a lot. Any. Is he? Is he gonna? Is he getting minutes? Yeah, minutes. He's not getting many. Okay, he's not getting many minutes. He's had uh, two games he hasn't played in, and the other four are twenty six, eleven, twenty two, and seven. Right. I like. I just don't think it's all that surprising. It's. It shouldn't be surprising to anyone any week that Mane outscores Salah because it happened a lot last season. Well, you've just made I, an just, excellent point for the game we're going to play before the end of this podcast, should you sell. All right, let's move on to Sunday. The day began with a surprising result, Southampton 2, Everton nil. But before a minute was played in this match, this week's injury scandal, James Rodriguez starts. Now, he doesn't give you anything in terms of fantasy points, but the fact that he played is kind of a big deal because the news that he was going to be out earlier in the week sent something like 60,000 transfers out. Dave, I know you held the fort. You felt pretty good about that. I loved it. I think at league Drew held the fort as well. Listen, I wasn't going to get sunned, Brian, or sunned, Scott. Sunned. S O N apostrophe D. I wasn't going to get Hyun yeah. Ming sunned. And we'd already seen that happen to you. I'm trying to learn a lesson. So I kept hearing rumors about James's. St- this wasn't rumors. This was Carlo Ancelotti, right? Yeah, but he never said he was out, out. Okay. And so I figured, you know what? Him going against Southampton, I, I like. I will have Jorginho in the Milivojevic spot in the <laughs> in Scott's famed Luca rule. Mm-hmm. So it would be okay if if James doesn't start. James did start, and unfortunately, he just didn't give me a return. But he started. 
Yeah, he's still there. He'll be playing again next week. He wasn't just it wasn't just he might be out. It was he's we are not gonna have him. And so <laughs> it triggered um it triggered mass sales. And then two days later it's oh actually we probably he he will probably be out there. In fact, he's training and it looks pretty good. Like it it's the worst possible like no, he will not play to actually, yes, he will. And honestly, that's so smart. Even if Ancelotti himself was fooled. Again, this is Premier League managers figuring out the freedom that they have when it comes to injuries. Why not mess with Southampton's plans for two days? Say you're not going to have a key playmaker and James Rodriguez in your squad only to later fess up and say, actually, we will. Now, Ancelotti didn't have to do that, so I guess he's got a little bit of credibility for doing that when he when he realized that, that was going to be the case. But honestly, this is this season more than any in recent history, we're starting to see managers realize that they can play around with this a little bit, and it's really messing with our lineups. Scott, what I would say is... Really, it's incumbent on the Premier League to do something about this. It's not Carlo Ancelotti's fault. It's not. There's no, no rule saying that he can be dishonest, that he can't be dishonest about James Rodriguez's injury. Honestly, if I was a manager, and I've said this before, I would completely lie all the time to try to get a benefit for my club's next match about my player's availability. Scott, you know why I kept James in the lineup? Why? He called me. He told me he was okay. Gosh. Man, don't ever change your phone number. I'm just saying. Hey, later in this match, though, Carlo Ancelotti lost all credibility when uh, he didn't think Luca Dina should have a red card for his ankle surf on Kyle Walker-Peters' Achilles. Brian, what are your thoughts on that? I'm just surprised the word intent didn't come out of your mouth as you were describing that one, Scott. Well, if well, I that... would have described it, I would have included the word intent. Well, everybody did. So Effin Okoku was uh, the color commentator for the World Feed, and you guys all know how I feel about this. Uh, and he's spending the entire time that this is being looked at saying that Lucadinia should not have a red card for that tackle. I'm sorry. But you have to look at the result, not question the intent. That's not the point. The point is what happened. Lucadinia literally ankle surfed Kyle Walker-Peters' Achilles for roughly 3.5 yards. When that happens, you give a red card. But here is what Carlo Ancelotti had to say. Here's where he lost all credibility as a person. Is this the manager quote of the week? This is the manager quote of the week. He said this. The red card was a joke. It was not intentional. For sure, it was not violent. Maybe all this talk all week against Pickford, against Richarlison, affected the decision. And if so, it's not fair. It's not fair, Scott. Brian, it's not fair. It's just retaliation, that's all. It was just the referees getting back on behalf of Liverpool. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It always comes back to being Liverpool's fault. Listen, Um, is there something here, though? Like, Pickford should have gotten a red card, and I realize that's controversial because he didn't. And Davey disagree. We'll move on. Richarlison did. Now here, you have Lucadinia with a red card. This is becoming kind of a trend and a problem for Everton. Well, now, I mean, they have to, like, 
even going into this match, I mean, I think there was concern right away. Like, is the service going to be the same for Calvert Lewin? No. Knowing you're losing, you're losing your attack. What your your best actual attacker in Richarlison. Now you have to play the next two matches without Dina and Richarlison. I mean, I don't know how you don't look at this and say, I probably temper your expectations. And I would say, too, like, great, Hamas Radi, he plays. Great that you get Hamas in there, but plays 90 minutes when he's obviously struggling with his hamstring by the end of the match. Like, the thing that was bothering him, like, you end up just exacerbating it and then saying, like, now we have to check, but I don't think it's a big problem. Like, that's where you are again, you know, with, with Hamas going into next week. Like, I, like, it just seems like all, like, bad all around. And, yeah, I mean, it's not great. You have, you know, you have multiple red card, you know, for for players, you know, for Everton players in consecutive weeks. Well, let's be clear. Southampton won this match going away. James Ward-Prowse oh and Danny Ings both make the dream team. 13 shots to Everton six, and you can't blame the Dina red card because... Southampton only took four shots after Dina was sent off. So they, I mean, it was already, I mean, it was all Everton at the beginning and then Saints just opened the net. All it, all it took, there's nothing more hilarious to me than uh, ever since I compared Che Adams to Christian Benteke, he has two goals and two assists. It's my favorite. We're saying that like Dave, everyone's got Dave's phone number. You know, Brian, you're well connected. Are we saying Che Adams listens to this podcast now? I think if he, at the very least, he has access to FPL America, the article. There it is. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Anything else on this match before we continue on with Sunday's action? Um, what else does Danny Ings have to do for people to care about him? <sighs> I know. Nothing when Che Adams is doing the same amount that he's doing. Che Adams and Danny Ings have developed a very nice partnership here. Thank you very much. And Danny Ings, uh, six goals and four assists between them in the last, like, five weeks. This is getting ridiculous. I mean, Ings was in the Dream Team this week because of assists. He's really Harry Kaning his way through game week six. For sure. Given what you just said about Dominic Calvert-Lewin and the service, Brian, if yeah. someone had the money... Would now be the time to transfer out Dominic Calvert-Lewin, or would you hold the fort on him? Well, how do you feel? Like, they play at Newcastle. So, I mean, I think in a normal a normal Everton lineup, you see that as a huge positive. But Newcastle's no pushover. And then they play Manchester United. So that's the two matches that they have to play without Richarlison and Luca Dina. And one of them like is against Harry Maguire, Scott, so. I mean, he'll hold down Dominic Calvert-Lewin from getting a headed goal. He'll headlock him. But if yeah. Martin is not on the game, then someone actually makes the call. So it'll get They get Richarlison back for uh, after it's the November 21st. So they get Richarlison back for Fulham. You like that. You, you like a full-strength attacking Everton playing Fulham. I mean, I'm almost leave. certainly keeping Dominic Calvert-Lewin for game week seven just because... I'm going to make transfers elsewhere if I make any. Right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I just don't think, I don't think you can sell when you see Newcastle, regardless yeah. of what, regardless of what the gray says on the match, on the color coded matchup. <laughs> the gray. 
but appreciate you bringing that in. I mean, Manchester United, you feel good about that? Even as shabby as Manchester United have been? I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I just don't, I feel like maybe, I just feel like tempering expectations here for them is warranted. Especially if something is, if, especially if Hamas Rodriguez actually has a problem. Wolves won, Newcastle won. Not a whole lot of notes on this match. In fact, the only thing that I made note of was that funny moment towards the beginning when uh, Fabian Scher kicked the ball into a water bottle that happened to be on the pitch. That was the highlight of this match for me. <laughs> that is the highlight of the match. Scott, yeah, I think we can just—I think you can just move on. There's not much to talk about here. Okay, good. Let's move on to Dave's well, Arsenal moment. I mean, look. Oh, of course. Raul got a goal. Anyone who owns him obviously is pumped about that. He continues to be pretty consistent. Out of the six matches, he is pointed at four. Now, he's good for a one goal in each. It's not like he's throwing braces out there. He's definitely not putting hat tricks out there. Wolves doesn't score goals in the first half. They just don't. So it's going to be a late second-half goal that you're hoping for from Raul. Also, Raul and Danny Ings are the same price. We've kind of talked about these two pretty closely because of how they've played these matches. Why wouldn't you? You either have to have Danny Ings instead of Raul or both. And I'm not sure why you'd have both. Yeah. DCL and Bamford are both cheaper than Raul Jimenez. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of options around them. Callum Wilson. Make, yeah. Neil Mope has more points um, than Raul Jimenez on the season. Wolves, I mean, this isn't a surprise. I mean, they're in the bottom half of the league for shots per match. Yep. They average eleven and a half shots per match. They have for it's just one more shot per match than Burnley averages. And Burnley played one less match than they did. And Burnley had 13 shots against Spurs today. So they're above that average. Like, I, they're just not... They're, it's weird because they have... Like, as a, as a Daniel Potence defender and owner, I mean, a guy that is so awesome to watch and so close to getting returns and yet gets you nothing mm, is, extremely, is extremely frustrating. So... You know, not only is he, you know, he's getting so close and then it's like 65 minutes happens and then he's off. So, I mean, Pedro Neto is is busier than he is. Like, he's on the pitch longer, too. Yeah, but are you owning the, him? No, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, you're not getting anything from any of these guys and you're barely getting anything from the guy. Look, so, I, I just, there's just nothing to really like about it. Th- three games now. Kilman, Max Kilman, has played in a row. He's yeah, he gone up in started. price one time, 4.1 now, mm-hmm. following his 9-12 and now a 2. I mean, if I'm wild carding, it looks like the Tyrick Mitchell era is coming to an end very soon. Agree. So if I'm wild carding and I've got that spot that Tyrick Mitchell's filling, I'm replacing it with Max Kilman because Kilman's going to continue playing for Wolves. Tyrick Mitchell probably will not for Crystal Palace. As as long as Marcel doesn't get his spot back, because that has been the issue. So that, I mean, yeah, if Kilman keeps playing, then yeah, it's it's impossible not to keep playing. If 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 yeah, of course if he keeps starting, but there it's just it's just there's risk with that too. There isn't anyone who's so there. There is no nailed on four guy right now. 
but Kilman Kilman looks great. And then did I mean Kilman I think was probably in line for bonus points in this match too, if not for you know the Newcastle killer at the end. Arsenal nil, Leicester one. Boo. Jamie Vardy with the dagger at the end. Boo. Dave, give us your well. First of all, Casper Schmeichel makes the dream team, top scoring goalkeeper. Of course he does. Yeah, give us your Arsenal moment. I would love to talk trash on Jamie Vardy, but I'm gonna follow up with what I said in Slack. The dude is a legend. He is so frustrating to play against. I wish he was on my team, but the dude is sick. What can I say? He almost was. Leicester City's first shot on goal was his. And that came after he subbed in around the 70th minute. The pass from under might have been the best pass all weekend. It was a through ball from Tielemans. Under's first touch was the one that went to Vardy. Arsenal, earlier in the match, had a goal ruled out. Scott, I look back at that replay because I was not able to watch the first half of that game. There's no way that Granit Xhaka was in the line of Casper Schmeichel. I went back and looked. The header coming off Lacazette going into the goal was Casper Schmeichel was facing Laka, no one in between them. The ball goes over Schmeichel's shoulder, and as he turned, Xhaka is in the, the 10 o'clock to 9 o'clock position if he's faced exactly towards Laka. He was not in his direct line of vision, and that's why they ruled that goal out. Whatever. You know what? Football happened. VAR happened. Football happened. Laka also missed a sitter header. They had chances. Yeah, I was gonna say. And here's the other thing. If you don't put teams away when you have the chance, you will let that type of thing happen. Party's a legend, and you can't give legends a chance. Party is is one of the most clinical finishers of all time. Period. Under gave him one pass. Party puts it in the goal. I mean, what do you do? Arsenal gave that game away. They they had their chances in the first half. Should have scored two or three, and they didn't. And they lost. The things I take away from that game that are positive that will never show up on fantasy sheets. Gabriel was awesome. Thomas Partey was awesome. Everyone else needs yeah. to step it up a little bit, Brian. That was gonna, that was gonna be my question: is what did you think about the party party? The party party was really good. In fact, oh god, who said it? Someone else, some uh, pundit way smarter than me, a former player, was saying uh, this is Arsenal's next Patrick Vieira, which is what I said on Slack. I said this might have a chance to be that. I was not claiming that, but he's. He's playing very well, and so is uh, Gabrielle. So, pumped about that. Anything but, else on this match? Scott? Yeah. Arsenal have a little bit of creative problem. Yeah, lots of lots yeah. of people pointing out the lack of attempts. Yeah. It's not, it's not good enough. And we'll see. This will be Arteta's kind of first managerial challenge of, like, okay, what are we going to do to tweak this? Like, we've done some good things, but – to make that next step, you have to be able to make changes in the fly. We'll see what they have to do, but you're right. Lack of chances, and they need to make some things happen. Um, 8.8 .8 shots per match so far, Dave. Fourth 
worst in the Premier League. Only Newcastle, West Brom, and Crystal Palace are worse than they are. Well, if Arsenal can be as clinical as Crystal Palace, that won't be that bad, will it? Wait, are you saying Fulham have more shots than Arsenal? Fulham is prolific. <laughs> Fulham is in the top half. I mean, I mean, honestly, like for for shots per match, Fulham is in the top. Fulham is ninth in shots per match. They're ahead of Chelsea so far this season. Scott, I'll also say this. This will be the first time I've said anything about Pepe. I don't think he's got it. No, he doesn't. Also, based on what Brian was just saying, points are points, but shots are not shots. Ah, well said. All right, anything on Brighton 1, West Brom 1 that started off today's matches? Please say no. Um, a pointless FPL goal of the season candidate from Carlin Grant. True. Owned, yeah. by, 800, owned by 864 people entering the match. All relatives. So offic- officially 0.0%. <laughs> uh, assisted 0.0%. by 0.8% owned Callum Robinson. The wow. Grant family. There's no doubt, Scott, Brian, so well put. (laughs) That will be the most meaningless fantasy goal all season. That is the new low bar. All right, the real Um, match. Okay. No, Brighton. No, don't you want to say that? Don't you want to get a chance to say We've given them love every week on this podcast. Yeah, but Brighton, I mean, this is like, what kind of terrible performance is this you're you like they they score a goal and then they kind of just sit back and are content to let west brom attack them like is that was that the plan a team that's been like so go like go after it and they end up like just absorbing west brom pressure for a lot of the end of the, like it's just crazy five shots brighton took five shots Trossard was the only person on Brighton to take more than one, and he took two of the five. Yeah, you're disappointed if you're a Lamptey owner because that would have. If that's I mean, what I wanted to bring up, Brian. Just that if the Livermore own goal deflected off of Ivanovic, otherwise it would have been a Lamptey assist. And Lamptey's ownership but, is eleven point three. Feels high. He has not scored higher than a four in any match. Yeah, but he was he was the creative threat in this match. If you watched it, I mean, he was everywhere. He's he's the Daniel Potence of Brighton. Yeah, well, Potence he's, isn't scoring pa- fantasy points either. Exactly, he passes the eye test. Everyone sees it and says, "The eye test. Look at this guy. He's amazing." And then gets you gets you a one or a two. All right, fair enough. By the way. No, I, how do you not like Lamptey, Dave? I feel like Lamptey is a—he's one of those guys. I feel like he's staying in my lineup. No, it, all right. I like Lamptey. I just don't own him fantasy wise. As a player in real life, he's good. By are the you way, saying it like? Are you saying it like um, Steve Carell and Anchorman? <laughs> I love Lamptey. <laughs> I mean, not exactly like that. I love Lamptey. I love Lamptey. By the way dysfunction on the pitch this brighton goal was because of an own goal that when i saw it happen i thought of two words keystone cops i mean that's unreal the way this happened you you kick it out only to hit your own defender who hits it into the goal i mean it was unreal how dysfunctional this looked on the pitch they were lucky to get a point 
dysfunction on the pitch. I just have to say dysfunction also off the pitch. Slavin Bilic complains publicly about how Ahmed Hagazi was part of his plans for this match, and he was surprised by the fact that he gets transferred to a Saudi Arabian club. Yeah, that's what happens with the Mujahideen. Sometimes you get transferred out. I still feel like you're getting us into trouble when you say that word. I, I don't know. <laughs> but, I, I mean, it's dysfunction everywhere. West Brom is a shambles. Well, wait, what's the thing Steve Bruce said a few, couple weeks ago? It's a nonsense. West Brom is a nonsense. Mm. They're a complete nonsense. All you right. I feel bad for Slavin Village. Yeah, he, it feels like he's better than this. All right. Burnley nil, Spurs won. Everyone was hoping that Son and Kane would rescue their fantasy week, and they kind of did. Not me, because I don't have Kane. I Kane, have the fighting Bamfords. Kane to Son. Yeah, I mean, I would have rather had Bamford, of course. My negative that's four did not, not really, pay off. That's not, that's not really a decision for most people, is whether to own Kane or Bamford. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but Brian, I saw everyone this week moving to Kane. I thought about it and maybe would have done it had I not had to replace an injured Virgil van Dyke and an injured, not injured KDB, Scott. And therefore, I just stuck with my strikers. And I left Bamford in there and he rewarded me, Scott, yeah. because of my patience mm-hmm. with a 17. And then Kane, anyone who took a negative four to bring in Kane, and they probably had to take a negative four because they had to make money to get him in there, right? it got you a total of one for the week. So I hope you are proud for your one. All you Kane lovers, even though I know that Kane will probably be outscoring most people. What if people you bought Kane two weeks ago and, tra- and transferred out Keenan Davis from Aston Villa to get him? <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's, I, there's no. Like I don't know how. I mean, Scott, I'm glad you came around on on Kane here because I I just it 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 was a really big. I feel like it has been a big decision to own the most expensive striker. People keep pointing out how what a bargain and what a differential Sergio Aguero was, and he he barely recovered from his hamstring injury. Everybody's already trying to get back on Sergio Aguero again. It's like, what else does Harry Kane or Jamie Vardy have to do? Yeah. Well, and Aguero, of course, is hurt now, too, so that's going to make that decision a little bit easier. I would like Jamie Vardy to actually start a game. (laughs) I will say, before Harry Kane found his way into another assist in this match, he did something that earns my honorary meaningless fantasy half point. Really? That header off the line was really nice. It was a lot of foresight to be able to move into position to where he can head that ball off the line so that when he later assists Son on that goal, which, by the way, that was a nice goal. Unbelievable. It's three points instead of one. It's really well said, Scott. Uh, Kane's instinct to make that block was unreal good. He knew, he knew if he was in that spot where he would be heading the ball, and he literally moved into that spot, headed the ball off the line, Unbelievable, because Loris was beat and stuck in concrete. And then his flick header on the corner, it you know, the announcers were saying it afterwards. It's like they had this telepathic relationship, and it was no more evident than in this play 
where he heads it, Sun starts to anticipate where he's going to head it and is in the perfect position to smoke a ball past the keeper. One of the best past plays, and Kane's had a lot of good passes this year that I've seen this season. Very good. Brian, were you happy with your Spurs today? Yeah, I mean, you're you love seeing points, and if and there the the only two good players in fantasy Premier League are Son and Kane right now. It's like the <laughs> I mean, everyone. No, it's it's just sad that you have to. I mean, it feels like this week was such a downer for all of the the main, you know, the main heavy hitters. You know, it's nice to get consistency from those two. No, I just I feel like. They're the only two you can own. Uh, you like Lloris if you, you know, for whatever reason you have Hugo Lloris. But like, look at the defenders. Like Ben Davis keeps starting. Uh, Doherty's back in there again instead of, you know, Arie's been starting and Doherty's in. Uh, Regulon is has been playing and then he, you know he doesn't play today. So Brian, does this have anything to do with Champions League midweek? I'm sure it does. It's just like you just can't count on anyone but. Kane and Son and Loris and and Pierre Emil Hoybier. It's true. It's true. All right, gentlemen, it's time to play the game that everyone is waiting for. Should you sell? Now we've been going on long enough here, so yes or no. This is all the people need to know at this point. Brian, I will do my best to give you a straight yes or no answer. I vow this very moment. Okay. Great. I don't really believe you, but okay. okay. All right, we're gonna let's go. See, let's see how this. Let's see how this plays out. We're gonna. I'm gonna go through naming players who are premium in price. Okay, and this is a little bit arbitrary, but go with me. Most of these players did absolutely nothing this past game week. Maybe haven't for a few weeks. Should you sell? Is now the time, or should you hold on? We've been preaching patience all episode, Dave. Looking at you, preaching that patience. Do we continue to practice with that patience, or do we sell? Here we go. We'll start up front. This is the best place. Tolan, my answers are sell or patience. Sure. Okay. Timo Werner. Patience. One week of returns, essentially. One and a half, maybe, on the season. I would not own him, but if I had him at this point, I would just have patience. Brian? I was within a, that was another minus four consideration. If the money had worked, I wanted to make my my forwards would have been Kane, Werner, and probably Brewster, but it, I just didn't have the money to do that. Uh, I would hold because it's Burnley, Sheffield, and Newcastle uh, in your next three. And just like last week, this is the, this is the Chelsea you've been waiting for. So I would still hold. So that hold wasn't an option. So patience. 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 There we go. Okay. Patience for Werner for sure. Right. And that, that was so close to one word, Brian. You nailed it. <laughs> Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang for Arsenal. So. Should have sold five weeks ago. I agree. Not, I not did. five weeks ago. Not five, so, not yeah. five weeks ago. Maybe, I did last four. week. Maybe four weeks ago. I still don't regret it. Raheem Sterling. Patience. Now, granted, I own him, but I still believe it. I love Raheem Sterling. Yeah? Okay. That's it. Okay. So, patience. 
<laughs> That's painful. It's, All right, Kevin DeBrowna. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. You had your chance. Looks, Kevin DeBrowna. You have to give a little bit of context for your team makeup. If it's the decision between Sun or or Sterling, of course you're selling for Sun right now based just on form. But I, I, I believe very much in Raheem Sterling. Okay. Sounds like patience to me. Kevin DeBrowna, you, you might not have held on to him when he was supposed to be hurt for a lot longer, but he was back in a substitute role. If you still have him, sell or patience. Brian, you go first. I I don't like it. Really? I, I, would, I, would, I would probably sell. Wow. I would sell too. I already did sell. I mean, I did because of the injury. I'm I, know, feel... I know, but now I feel better about owning Sterling, especially with Aguero and Jesus' injuries, than uh, owning KDB. All right. How about the United pair, Bruno Fernandes and Marcus Rashford? Again, I'll go first, Brian. Uh, I have a a, sh- uh, a tinted view on this. I own Rashford, so that's something that I'm literally having to deal with. I'm going to stick with patience. But it's tempting to for me to like look at Bruno because he scored more points. I have Bruno. I'm preaching patience on Bruno. I think Rashford has, and I, I spoke to this last week. I think I think Rashford has hat trick potential. I don't think Bruno does, even though Rashford hasn't scored a hat trick yet that I know of. In, in matches where he, there aren't five penalties taken, yeah, Bruno does not have hat-trick potential. Correct. Thank you, Brian. Um, Anthony Martial is back next week for them. I mean, I, I feel like you can't help. You have to be patient with them. Okay. Rashford should have scored a goal. Mendy had an unbelievable save on him one-on-one. And Bruno Fernandez was the busiest Manchester United player by far in that match. Rashford was playing as a center, basically as their striker. So it's just not going to be like that. When Martial's back, it's going to be, it's going to be normal Manchester United. You have to Bruno, Bruno's a leader. Bruno's a leader for them. Patience. All right, uh, I'm going to end this game with two Liverpool players. Mo Salah, two points this last week. Now he was the most captain. People tend to overreact when their captain doesn't do something. Sell or patience. I have patience for Sal. He has half trick potential. And no sport next week. Who, who are they playing? They're home to West Ham. West Ham. I mean, he did score this last week, and it was a hair's breadth offside. Therefore, he didn't score. True. But if that is counted, then it's like four weeks in a row of returns for Captain Mo. Brian? Yeah, I'm not. I, look, I I wrote about it. I'm not advocating. I mean, yeah, I get choosing one or the other. Everyone's going to do that, and everyone is naturally going to choose Salah. I think. I still love doubling up on them. I, I just don't know. They they produce together a lot. It, Mane and Salah as a as a midfield pairing is hardly ever going to be disappointing to you. But no, I don't. I. I would never swap Salah for Mane unless it was, unless that point four or whatever you're, if there's that much of a difference for you, unless it absolutely makes your team better, I don't know how you could possibly do it. All right, last one. Defender, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Man, 
This is tough. I'm I'm okay selling. I have stuck with him through a price drop. I don't want to stick through him stick with him through a second price drop. So I'm keeping my eye on that. I'm not willing to sell him yet, but then again, man, there's a lot of guys a lot cheaper than him scoring a lot more points. And yeah, on his yeah, on his team. Yeah. Andy Robertson, I know I mean Well, I own Robertson as well, Brian. Right. If I I mean if I was wild carding today, I don't think I don't know how it wouldn't be Robertson in Alexander Arnold out. Yeah. This is the first this is the first week since like the first game of the season that Alexander Arnold had uh had more crosses than Andy Robertson did and it was 8 to 5. Andy Robertson, it's like this is in FPL America. The article, the stats are out there all over the place. Robertson is out statting him, outscoring him. If it was just stats, and he's just getting more touches in the box or something, but they're really close in price, he'd still do it. Robertson is outscoring him by a good bit. Like it's it's real life stats and FPL points. So I, I'm and the uh, infamous FPL America eye test. Robertson is everywhere. Oh man, Robertson! Like this week, three he's in the box three times. Alexander Arnold is not in the box. So I mean, it's just <laughs> he's in da- he's in more dangerous positions. Yeah. All right. So this transitions nicely into us discussing what we think we're going to do with our transfers and our captains as we head into game week seven. I proposed a negative four double transfer. I only have one free transfer of TAA to Chilwell, which would allow me to go from Brewster back to Bamford. Because I have a couple of tents in the bank. Would you make that move? Or would you avoid Bamford and just make that move from TAA to Robertson or do nothing? Brian, you teased earlier in the pod Asking Scott about Brewster, we never discussed it in the Sheffield Liverpool match. Now's the time to do that. Yeah, I would. I'm just curious because I, I mean, I like he is going to get time. Things that, that you're not worried about him not getting a run, right, Scott? No, I'm not. So I mean, uh, is it going to be more of like this week where it's a little more than half? You know, he gets 60 minutes. Like once he starts to get into the flow and then, you know, and then Sheffield rotates him out for, you know, for David McGoldrick or something. Scott, what's the rotation going to be of Sheffield? You should know this. (laughs) I mean, Brewster came off after 54 minutes in this one. I think as long as he looks as new and as nervous as he does, I think that's what's going to continue to happen. A lot of people jumped on Brewster, especially in our mini mini league. Now, granted, there's a bunch of Liverpool people. Was it their Liverpool <laughs> tinted glasses thinking that Brewster was going to come in and light the world on fire or just making money so they could get to Kane? Uh, yes. To which option? Both. Both. That's Fair my enough. point. Right. I mean, I, I think he just looks so new and so nervous. I, he's, I, I, he's definitely going to look better. It's just going to take a little bit of time. I agree with that. He's a good player. No, Needs some time. And he's in and he's in a good situation. I mean, Sheffield need a dynamic player going forward. Absolutely. I mean, they cannot they cannot be this lethargic forever and keep 
you know, keep getting results. But so, are you telling me to do nothing with my double transfer suggestion? I guess the question is too, like, if are you playing? Like, it seems like there's great value in playing three strikers, like because there are, because there are so many playable strikers so far this season. You can make do with who cares? I mean, at, at six pounds, or you know, anyone between six and six and a half. If it's Callum Wilson, if it's Mope, if it's you know, if it's uh, you know, if it who else is in that range? Bamford is less than six still. I mean, he's almost at six now, but like, there's a lot of viable players. Michael Antonio is six point three. Like, it just seems like you can easily find three decent strikers to play. I guess it depends on what formation you're really looking for. If you're going to play two forwards, then yeah, Brewster has to be your third guy. Scott, my current lineup, I have DCL, Bamford, and Callum Wilson. It's worked out pretty good for me. Yeah. I mean, Kane and DCL are established. You know, really, I mean, I left Bamford to go to Brewster for the money, but that was to do a little bit more in the midfield. I've got Salah, I've got Bruno, I've got Son. TAA is taking up a lot of money right now in the defense. Yeah. I could go down to Chilwell, who, again, is creating chances for Chelsea. Mojo's not great yet. Go over the uh, substitution again. So I currently have two-tenths in the bank, which gives me the ability to go from TAA and Brewster to Chilwell and Bamford. You should have already done it. (laughs) You just want him to spend points. That's a, I mean, that's making his team better. I, I can't be more honest than that. So, in my opinion. Yeah, yes, Chilwell, yes, for sure. Chilwell and Bamford, I think, are are a better... Like, if you're playing both of them, then yeah, that's it's better than... I mean, Scott, you are you... Is this more of, like, Liverpool defense concern? Alexander-Arnold underperforming concern? Or is this more of just, like, comprehensively, my team is better... With these two, I know I'm risking losing the potential of Trent Alexander-Arnold getting things right. I am concerned. It's it's the same concern anyone should have about sending out a premium player. That the moment I send out Trent Alexander-Arnold, he becomes the number one defender in FPL again. I liked his heads-up uh, attempt to get a long kick, like to take a shot in this match. I like shots from a mile away because if he hits that, you feel great about it. Scott, I think you should have done it yesterday. So that's that's saying. where we're at now. Yeah. Well, and and Chelsea is at Burnley, so I mean, it worked out to have Son and Kane at Burnley for the most part. Uh, Bamford is going to be hosting Leicester. Yeah, I mean, Le- Leeds could give Leicester all kinds of problems just because Arsenal couldn't do it because they don't have the balls to go ahead and attack them like the Leicester needs wow. to be attacked. Leeds can absolutely get a result at home against Leicester. Yeah, I was going to say, Leeds, you know, it's, it's Leicester. They play at Palace. Then they play Arsenal at Everton, Chelsea, West Ham. Like, the schedule in the next six, it's not the greatest as you look down through the line, but – has that mattered for them so far this season? No, I just don't think it. I just don't think it's mattered a whole lot who they play. I, I mean, they just they just really look the part, and Bamford seems to be able to score against whoever. I mean, he's a threat to get a goal against anyone. Yes, yeah, Scott. <laughs> Listen, I've had Bamford and Callum Wilson 
at different points already this season. I've only sent them out so that I could do more elsewhere. I mean, there's been a lot of good forward options to have. Sure. It's helped me make some money in my squad to get Bamford when I did. I transferred him out. He's continued to go up, unfortunately, but he's probably going to only continue to go up after a hat trick especially. So now feels like a good time to get back on the Bamford train. See what happens. All right. Anything you're doing with your squad that you know of, Dave? Yes. I am, man, weighing the Jorginho Zaha move. Because okay. I have because I own TAA. I'll probably keep him for one more week, Scott. <laughs> Why are you keeping him for one week and encouraging me not to? Because I'm not sure I want to take a negative four. I don't I don't have to. I don't have to make a move at all this week. I could just save it. And have two transfers next week, which I might. But I think Zaha's going to go up a tenth. And if I can get that uptick, then if he net, if he nets again or gets any type of returns next week, then his, score, his price is going to go up again. I mean, he's pretty cheap. You look at Sun leading the midfield at 9.5, Salah at 12.4 in second place. Third place midfielder is Zaha at 7.3. And then Hamed's at eight zero, so I, I just I'm looking at Zaha there and I'm thinking, man, there's a lot there to like, even though. Wow, so Zaha, so Zaha went up tonight. Then Zaha is at a seven point three, and yes, yeah, earlier was... in this pod he was a seven point two. Screw me, I didn't make the move and I just lost a tenth. You so know what? Jack, uh, so is Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish Jack has gone Grealish up as has well. Also yeah. So Scott, now I now you know what? It's a little bit relief. I don't have to make a move because Zaha has already gone up and I missed it. So it is what it is now. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I might just I might just hold. Might just hold. Brian? Uh that those are the two guys. I my big decision was so I I had the same kind of thing. I could have, I mean, I could have gone to somebody else in my defense. I like the defenders I have kind of as they are. Um, I don't see a ton of reason to do that, but it was potence and what to do with potence. So I've, I've this so far, I mean, that was what I, did. I just said that a little bit ago. You know, the biggest hole in my team was Keenan Davis and having a, a you know, losing money on a dead striker, uh, which was not, that's, that was, I don't love it, but it, there are other pressing things to do. So being able to go from Davis to Kane when I did was great. So potence is the next man up of like, I love you, man, but you're just not doing it. Like it's, it's great to watch, but there are no returns. And so it was, uh, yeah, whether or not to have potence out for Zaha or for one of the Aston Villa people and my, I've been advocating for John McGinn. I still think McGinn at five and a half is a great last guy. Um, so I don't know. I'm not sure which of those two uh, is going to end up in there. Scott, by but the way, at, I mean, I never got to at, it. I'm going to captain Son on my team next week, uh, home to Brighton. Brian, who's your captain next week? But I, like, uh, that's it's probably going to be one of the. It'll be one of the Spurs. One of the Spurs players. Probably, but this is a great this is a great matchup week. I mean, look, yep. like Salah's Salah's home to West Ham. I know West Ham has tightened up and they've been tough, but the problem is like get, Son or Kane. If you have both, like I do, which one do you captain? Yeah, 
it's really tough. If, can Brighton hold out? Uh, you know, in a, a in a in a match like this. And I also like, have Salah, like, and all I mean, all of them look like really good captains options. So it's going to be one of those guys, but it's going to be a tough choice. In the FPL America podcast mini league, the top three is unchanged. However, the gap has shrunk. Dogfather FC dropped a 32 in this uh, game week six, but he still holds on to the number one spot. Super Frank's 11. Ryan is only five points behind him now. Crofty's still in third. New to the top four is Bo. He wants to be Leeds. Thanks to a 64, he's now one point behind Crofty. Fourth that, place for Bo. The big time week right there, 64. It's true. It's true. Only Muhammad at 67 in the top 10 had a bigger week in our league. Hey, I want to give a little love to uh, Brother Matt's brother-in-law, uh, Bradley. City got a little messy. 73 this week. Has he stopped paying attention? Hmm? That's a huge score. 73 this week. Captain Kane also had Bamford. Uh, his big point scores are Son and Zaha Castagna. So, and Foden. All those led him to a uh, 73. Massive score this week. Massive. All right. Well, Dave, we're going to continue to be active everywhere that we usually are. Uh, I'm not going to be traveling this past weekend, so I'll be a little bit more active on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Patreon, FPL America, Podcast, in all those places. Make sure you check out, as well, FPL The Article. It is a must-view, and you can get that link, Scott, right on our Patreon page. Patreon.com. Look for FPL America Podcast. Love that. Brian, you'll still be in quarantine next week? Uh, yeah, I'm... Yeah, it probably will be. All right. Well, we'll be doing it just. We'll be doing it just like this again next week. I can't wait. It will be exciting. Hey, for the FPL America podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.